Opinions expressed in this episode are personal. They do not necessarily reflect the views of this streaming platform. Good day, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Let's Be Diverse. I am your host, Andrew Stout. This episode is dedicated to all my loved ones who support me through this journey. Today, we're going to talk about attack the issue, not the problem. I know a lot of people today have situations where they're in a workplace and they have issues with a coworker or with a superior. So we're just going to talk about those issues today. And my guest today is Karen Nichols. Karen has held many communication roles in the past, from internal communications to media relations, working both in-house and from PR agencies. She's worked in several industries, including manufacturing, IT, professional services, higher education, public affairs, and financial services. In her current role, she works on Treehouse Food Communication Team, focusing on writing and social digital engagement. When I first met this lady, I thought she was one of the nicest people I've had the chance to meet. She was always open from day one to help me out, and today is the day. Welcome to the show, Karen. It is such a pleasure to have you on. Well, thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here. It is delight to have you here today. We have bucket lists, and it was on my bucket list to have you on. From our first conversation, I said, this is someone i got to have on. So I'm so happy that we were able to make it work today. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for making it work. Credit goes to you, because I know it wasn't easy to schedule with. Oh, no. No, you're a busy lady, so I was just trying to be accommodating, for sure. How are you? How are things going? What's new in your world? No, the world is going. It's moving. It's busy. I'm a mom and school is back in session. So life is busy. That's part of it's choices we make, right? These were my choices. And I'm delighted that we have all going on that we do. But yeah, life is busy. Fall is happening. It's what we call adulting, right? We have to get to that point where we have to adult. So yes. Well, I'm glad that things are good. School's back in session. The cold weather here in Canada, it's probably about a month or so away. So something for a lot of Canadians to not look forward to. But it's something that we got to deal with when we live in Canada and this climate. So it is what it is. What do we do? Just got to roll with it, right? It's coming. (laughs) Just got to roll with the punches. Exactly. So before we begin, Karen, I always have a fun question to ask my guests uh, to get things going. Are you ready for yours? Well, I don't know if I'm ready, but fire away. So this is a question that I asked a couple of weeks ago to another guest, and I had so much fun with it, and I was trying to figure out who I could ask this question to. You were first thought. So here we go. My question to you is, a hot dog, a sandwich, why or why not? See, this is a hotly debated topic, right? I think it depends on how you define a sandwich. Is it defined by the bread or is it defined by its structure? If we are giving, we say the compliment sandwich where you say something nice, something constructive, something nice. So what makes a sandwich? So in that situation, if you were to go based upon the general belief of what a sandwich is in both a food product, or as I said, if you were to say a compliment sandwich, it would be something then something in the middle, then something on the top that matches the bottom. So going with that, and also thinking that I do work for 
um, a food manufacturer and we make sandwich cookies, which are similar to an Oreo, I'm going to go and say a hot dog does not qualify as a sandwich because it is not open on the top and the bottom. So that that's going to be my answer. I'm going to say because the bun is connected and it is not open. That's going to be my answer. Wow. I have to give you kudos for not knowing what this question was going to be. It seemed like you were prepared. So I don't know if you guys are going to believe that I told, didn't tell you the question ahead of time because you made it pretty much sound like you knew exactly what the question was going to be. So very impressed with your answer. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm just fooling everybody. Just making stuff up here. <laughs> you did such a great job. <laughs> so what I would like to do is uh, start off with you telling us a little bit about you and your story. Hey, well, gosh, for the sake of not putting people to sleep, I'll keep this brief. <laughs> my story is, as far as my professional trajectory or professional story, I started out as a journalist and I segued from journalism into public relations, not entirely knowing what I was doing, but it was early enough in my career I was able to adapt. And so for many years, I did media relations and things along those lines, crisis communications. And then the longer I was in my role, the more I branched out into internal communications and other facets of communications, social media, things like that. I've predominantly always been a writer, whether it was in PR or as a journalist when I first started. So that's always been something I do that I enjoy. And I get to do it a little more on LinkedIn, which is fun and which is where you and I met. So that's been my professional story. And my personal kind of follows it along the same way as I've evolved in different roles in my life, ranging from journalist to mom to wife to a lot of different volunteer, different roles I've held in my life. And it's been a fun evolution. And Every year I pick a word for the year instead of resolutions because I never, I have too lofty of goals. So I pick a word. And so I think the word for this year fits in with discussion, which is the word is improve. So I'd like to say that my life has continued to improve the older I've gotten. Yeah, I think we are all in most people, I would say at this stage of the game and especially in 2023, I think people are in the growth mindset and they're always trying to improve themselves, trying to learn. Everybody that I see, and we're connected to the same people, they're doing a lot of reading, they're doing a lot of research, they're doing a lot of studying, they're listening to a lot of podcasts. So yeah, I think we, we all can't be perfect, but I think learning is part of the key to our successes, and we just have to continue and go with the flow. I agree. So why do you think people attack others? Well, I think we get confused. I think sometimes when we're in stressful situations and we're trying to communicate, often we attack the person instead of the problem. It's not the person. It's actually the issue that we should be focusing on. But as we all know, when it's a high stress environment or if there's a deadline or if it's a group of individuals that have, a, have difficulty communicating with one another, sometimes we end up attacking the messenger instead of the message, right? And I think that's what happens a lot is that we end up attacking the problem. We attack the person, not the problem at hand. Great. And they have nothing to do with what's going on. I agree with you. It's just the situation and it may not even be the work situation. It might be something that's going on uh, that happened earlier in the day that triggered and 
they're just going through the processes of the day and that's just helped it continue uh, them having a rough game. I agree. Well, think about it. Say you're flying, right? And you hit a delay and it's the first of five delays. So by the time you hit the last delay and you've now missed a million flights, you're not going to get to your scheduled destination. It's a disaster. Many times you will see someone letting their frustrations out on the gate attendant that's trying to rebook them, the flight attendant that's trying to help them. It, those are a perfect example of a situation where they're not actually mad at the person. They're mad at the situation, but that's how their stress and their frustration is coming out. Yeah, and you can even go further on that. I mean, I've traveled and I've had luggage lost and you had the driver, once they found the bags, like four or five days later, drop off the bags. And of course, you're pinning everything on that driver saying, where the heck was my bag? Why did it go lost? And a lot of them, the times that poor, poor person will say, I'm just a messenger. I'm just dropping off your bag. Uh, it had nothing to do with... Uh, you lose your bag or where it went. So you're absolutely right. I agree with you. It's not the person, it's the situation for sure. Yeah. So how would you say we could avoid attacking a person and not the problem? Well, I think it depends your scenario, right? If you're sitting at your desk and you get an email that comes in and it's it hits all the buttons, right? That makes you super frustrated. I always tell people when it comes to like email communication, open a Word document, not the email, a Word document, and type your response. It's absolutely cathartic. Get everything out that you want to say and then step away and let it sit overnight and then go back and review it the next morning. And I promise you, no one ever sends it as it's written. We just need that time. It's cathartic to get the frustration out and then to step away. The worst you can do the worst thing you can do is hit reply and type it right in that instance and hit send because you will regret it. I promise you, you will regret it. So in a situation like that, when it's written and you have, you're not face to face with someone, I think anytime you can step away and get some distance, that's a good thing because it's hitting our, it's hitting our hot buttons, right? There's a reason we're feeling frustrated. When it's a situation that's in person, such as a meeting or something like that, I think if possible, it's good to, if you really need to, excuse yourself and say, oh, you know what, excuse me, I have to go use the restroom or I have to take this call. If there's a way to get yourself out of that scenario, sometimes that's good so you can step outside and take a couple deep breaths because studies have shown deep breaths do amazing things for our stress level and for our ability to focus. If you're in a situation where you can't step out of the room, I think another great approach is to just say, you know what, this is such good information. I'm going to need a little time to think about this before I offer an opinion or I offer feedback. What is a reasonable time frame for me to just sit and think about this before we move forward? I think we often feel the pressure that we need to respond in the moment, but sometimes it's not, that's us putting that pressure on ourselves. Or someone's feeling stressed about a deadline, so they're pushing for a solution right away. And most of the time, that solution is not needed within the next two hours. So if there's a way to get yourself some time, I think it's a really good practice. I just love that answer, Karen. I adopted when I was in my younger years, I was coaching kids in hockey. And one of the 
rules that I had with uh, the parents. We'd always have a team meeting at the beginning of the year to discuss what our expectations were from your kids as far as practices and games and stuff. And then we'd always say to the parents, if you have something that you want to discuss with me, leave it 24 to 48 hours and come and see me or give me a call. Don't come and see me once I'm coming after a game or after practice when you're upset. Take some time to think about it. If you want to still have the conversation, we, I will gladly have it with you. And I, I agree with you 100%. If I think of it in a work situation, when somebody is leaving an organization and they want to write their letter of resignation, I would definitely recommend to adopt that, which is writing your resignation letter and leaving it for 24 to 48 hours and writing it. Because some people are leaving and they're happy, but most of the time people are leaving an organization and they're upset for some reason why they're leaving. So to write all the negative things about it, it's just not going to do anything. A lot of times they're probably not even going to read it. So just take the time, construct it, still get your message across of why, but make sure that it's in a calm and concise manner. Yes. I think the more emotion you can take out of it, the better. Yeah. Emotion never helps in that situation anyway. So I definitely agree with you there. So what is an argument that that attacks the person? As in an example of something we may fall prey to, like where we attack the person as opposed to the problem. I think in work settings, we often so say we have something that's popped up and we're in a conference discussing it. Maybe it's a new product launch. Maybe process isn't working. Oftentimes you'll hear people say, well, that's just not going to work. Or I don't think that's, this isn't going to do it. This isn't, you just aren't, you don't know what I'm talking about. You're not listening to me. You're, you're. When you start personalizing it, that's when it starts to head down that path. If you were to say, that's an interesting perspective. I see that you're really passionate about it. Can you tell me some more so I can understand why you think that approach would work better than how we're doing it currently? So there's a lot of ways you can turn it where you're asking for their opinion to get more opinion, to more information, more data to discuss the situation. But take the you words out. Take the personalization out of it, because I think that's when, in some ways, it's the opposite of when you go to copyright. When you're copywriting, you should be using you and we and talking to the person. But when you're in a situation like this and it's an issue, it's real easy to personalize it. And that's not going to help anyone. That doesn't solve any problems. So I think in that kind of situation, when you can take those you, my, me words out and say, okay, this is a problem. You seem really passionate about why we should do it this way. Tell me more. I want to understand it better. I love that answer. By doing that, I think that you will show a little bit of empathy and compassion to the other person by asking them to explain what they're feeling. I think it will maybe take away a little bit of the business of the other person because you're showing that you care and you want to listen to them and understand what they're trying to say. I definitely think that it would ease a lot of the tension for sure. Yeah, and I think we have to remember too, we all communicate differently. There's extroverts and introverts at the table. And as an extrovert, I can speak with authority on this topic. Extroverts tend to think out loud. Sometimes we're talking and thinking at the same time, or we're just, that's just how we're made. 
And so sometimes our voices drown out some of those that need to be heard, particularly those that are colleagues that are introverts. They process information differently. They process it differently. They go about it differently. And so it's just another great opportunity to bring more voices to the forefront. I always say to people, and I started saying this lately, is when I'm asking a question, I'll say curious, uh, but not combative. And then I'll ask the question. And I find that it's helped me out as well, because we're not feeling that uh, I'm in attack mode on them. It's more like, I'm just curious about this. And I'm going to ask you and I'm just curious about it. But I'm not like, well, why the hell are you doing it this way? I agree with you. There's, there's two differences there for sure. So if you could choose one word to describe yourself, what word would that be? Mm, that's great. I, that's really hard. I could have given you three, but one. Ooh. You can give me three if you'd like, if it's, if it's easier for you. I would say like the one word that probably sums them all up to the point that I just mentioned is extroverted. I'm just extraordinarily extroverted. And with that, I try to be enthusiastic when I am talking about something. And I also try to be kind, but I would say probably the best label would be extrovert. That's really, I'm just a really extroverted, outgoing person. And I enjoy people. And that usually is apparent upon meeting anyone. So, Right, right. I definitely think that's a word for you. I would definitely also put in compassionate for you, just from our conversations and from messages back and forth and conversations. I definitely feel that you are compassionate and caring. In fact, of you're wanting to be there for people, help them out in any possible way, answer their questions, and you always give a good answer back with sincerity and care as well. That's kind of you to say. Yes. It's one of my observations, so I definitely would say compassionate for you. Any any final thoughts today? I just, you know, I think, T, this is a fun topic, and it's something that we often get better on, where we focus more on problems than the people, and we certainly see it in all settings. It's not just work, it's family, it's interpersonal communications, and so... I think what's great about this topic is none of us have perfected it. So we all have room to grow and improve. And I mean, heck, this is good for me to just talk about it. It reminds me of the importance that I got to be better at it. Great, great, for sure. Well, I wanted to take the time to thank you for jumping on here today. And we spoke before and we started and I know you have a busy schedule. You have lots of stuff, a lot of timelines and a lot of demands for your job. And you still found time to have this fun conversation with me and I totally appreciate the fact that you made time to have this today. Well, thank you for inviting me. And again, thank you for being so patient with my schedule. Sometimes it has a life of its own. So I really appreciate your flexibility and your persistence and your kindness in inviting me here. You're very welcome. I don't think there's anybody that I would have wanted to have this conversation with other than you. So I would have been patient to have this conversation. I would have waited the longest time to have this conversation with you, so no problem there. So on behalf of myself and my guest today, Karen, I'd like to thank you all for listening. And until next time, be safe and remember that if we all work together, we can accomplish anything. You have been listening to Let's Be Diverse with Andrew Stout. To stay up to date with future content, hit subscribe.